two weeks in a row now, once again, we should have had the backstage conversation recorded. It was a little bit feisty, a little bit aggressive. It's funny, the argument in the backstage actually makes me want to press record so I can get off quicker. That's, it's, it's, it's really weird. It's really oh, weird. No. It, it, it happens somewhat regularly that one of us will say something to the effect of, just press, just press record, just, just rip it. You know, it's just like we, we've we we have done the preamble enough, and it's 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 time. It's game time. It's ready. To, you know, we're talking time to go. We're like those. Two, we're like those. You know, you see those boxers. They don't really get going until they get slapped. Like we really can't get into the podcasting mood until we've we've. What's up with your hair? Hold on. Did you get a new hairdo? No. What's up with my hair? It, maybe it's just a different camera angle. I don't know. It, it, I think you're it, just getting thrown off. I think you're just getting thrown off by the beautiful background here. Don't pay attention to the white spots. Um, I think it's so, from the top down. I'm not used to seeing you like that. The, the, the camera angle is different. Anyways, okay. Ryan Ray, Ben Samuels, bring in the closers. Um, we are here. It's audio only. People people can't tell that, so you're fine. Oh, um, that's right. You guys don't get to see the beautiful studio yeah. behind you. That's unfortunate. Every week we, we go through this bit. It feels like it's okay. It's okay. Uh, next week it'll be audio only as well. Um, so, Ben, today's topic. Oh, we did have a listener. Did I think we have uh, had someone send a note in? We don't have listeners to this show. Uh, that's not true, but okay. We did have someone send a note in. Can we read it or not? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, hey, guys, great show. Question is, how does Ben mentally prepare for being around the goat so often? All right. So, Ryan, thank you for writing in a question to our show. I appreciate that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's helpful. Um, unclear if maybe you had like EK or Drew or Josh write it instead, but like this clearly, I th- thank you for that. Um, you know, it's, I think the story, I think it's Ichabod Crane or, or Icarus or something like that. Somebody, somebody in some fable at some time flew too close to the sun, wings burned off and it, you know, it it ended up not going well because I mean, they're trying to get close to greatness. They got a little too close to greatness. Um, and, and I, and I, you know, there are times where I feel like I have to make sure that like, you don't feel that way. So <laughs> the only difference here is instead of the sun, we're talking about federal penitentiary and handcuffs. So, um, okay. Today's, today's, today's <laughs> folks, you get what you pay for. Don't at me, bro. All right. Today's podcast Spe- special, special host for the day, Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Living your best life today? No, too soon, too much. Sorry. Um, okay, hanging by a thread. <laughs> okay, we're gonna we're gonna cut that cut out. I'm not cutting this. Okay, let's get into the topic. Read receipts. We've debated this since I've known you. Before I considered you a friend, um, which has been most of our time I've known you, um, we've debated this topic. Um, I think a more important question is when when did that change happen? When did it? You know, when did I cross from whatever it was to friend, and why? Maybe why is a better better yeah, question. But yeah. We don't have a therapist on staff today, so we're not going to get into that. Um, it's you're, it's more of a fluid. You kind of go back. Your friend, your friend, fluid is what how I, how I identify you. Okay, read receipts, Ben. You hate them. Why? 
And we're talking about so, text messages, WhatsApp, stuff like that, not not so, email. We're just it. So actually, Ryan, um, I had a little bit of deja vu there. The way that you qualified that question, you're right. We have talked about this on air before. So we're going to make this relatively short and talk about some other things um, at the back end of the show. But, but uh, my brief synopsis here is – so a couple of things. Number one, I think that read receipts um, from, for the person seeing the, the message has been read, that I think it sort of – changes the dynamic of there are times where I read something and I want to think about how to respond, or I need to make a phone call or two to get a piece of information before I can respond or, or something, you know, something of that nature. It's not necessarily ignoring it or reading it and not, you know, not responding or you know, choosing not to respond and it's letting it die. And I think by having read, read receipts on, it has the potential to sort of irk the other person or they're sort of wondering like hey why haven't i gotten a response to this or, or maybe if it's been like you know close to a day or maybe over a day that might you know um incentivize the other person to like you know send a reminder text when again like there are times where i just need to do a couple things before i can respond and i'm not the type to respond something along the lines of that like hey got your message i need to do a couple things i'll get back to you i would rather do those couple things. If it's going to, you know, if it's going to take like a week, that's a whole different story. But I'm talking about like same day with, you know, within the, the appropriate response time. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to like tell the other person that necessarily sometimes, you know, depending on the context. Um, and then, you know, there's other, there's other times where, where, where I you know, don't read a message and I just don't read the message. I don't necessarily need the other person to know that it was like never opened. Um, I don't know. Is that is that bad? <laughs> I mean, so like right now, I'll out myself, and it's actually gotten worse. It's gotten worse over uh, you know of recent. Um, I used to be somewhat like OCD about wanting to have like no bubble above the the messages um, mm -hmm. tab or whatever. Um, I'm currently at eight. I mean. You know, I, I know people that are at like a bunch. Yeah, well, but yours doesn't ring. I mean, that's different. Well, that's that was a that's, little. That's sorry, I, that sorry, I apologize. That was that was uncalled for. Um, not supposed to be saying truths on this show. That's for the other one. Sorry. Um, yeah, no. So 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 actually, so let's talk about it real quick. If if I can do this somewhat quickly, of the eight. Um, oh. I'm sorry. And actually this reminded me because, because two of them are this. So of the eight that I have not read, two of them are, I don't know about you, but I, I have some, I have some definite ADHD and there are times where I will leave a text message unread because I know it's an action item for me so that I know that I have to go back to it. Whereas if I read it, I'm going to forget it unless I like write, then I have to like write a note somewhere else to remind myself about it. So I also use it somewhat as like a task list or to-do list at times as well. Um, but so, so out of the eight that I have here, um, one's in a group. Uh, so, so two actually are from a group chat that, that I've just, you know, I'll get to at some point, um, two are task oriented. And then the other five, three of them are action items for me that I need to respond to someone that I need some more information, like I mentioned, and two of them. Uh, yeah, one of them. One of them I haven't opened because I, you know, I don't want to read it. And then the other one, um, I need, you know, I need to get to. Um, yeah, I think I think the thing you said there at the end is probably the most interesting, which is the fact that you can't unread a text message makes the paradigm different, right? So you can go read an email and unread it. I mean, unread it, but mark it as unread, and then it's there to be. The fact that you 
you can't do that with text is a fatal flaw in the text message system. So um, I have read receipts on um, for a couple reasons. One, it puts the pressure on me to not, not, not to forget. And I noticed, you know, when I sold R squared global up until I started working again, um, I, I noticed that it didn't, it, it was my responsiveness to text messages and emails got really, really poor, really poor. Um, now that, I, now that I'm kind of, you know, things are firing back up, I've gotten, I've gotten better, but that that read receipt pressure kind of keeps me on. It keeps me. It's like okay, they know I've read this. I know you. You disagree. You disagree. Don't 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 let me have my my spiel, Coach. He's shaking his head over there. Mike's muted and people can't see me, so I don't know what you're reacting to. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's a nice little pressure um, to keep me going. Um, people have accused me of being really slow at work, and so. Uh, I try to stay fast. It's 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 really hard, um, and so people like Ben who are like speed demons. You know, I try to keep, keep up with them, and so that's kind of incentive to kind of get me going a little bit. Um, beyond that, if you could, I, I, <laughs> I like that you're muted now. Um, no, no, I think you should turn them on. I think you should have them on. I think you should leave them on. Um, I think you want to know. Sometimes, like I'll, I'll give you an example. Let me give you an example. There is someone in my network who I'm trying to get in with. Like I met them at a networking event. I talked to them. Um, we had a good little conversation. I've sent them three or four messages in WhatsApp. They've read them all. They haven't responded. Now, now I know that they're reading them. Whereas if I don't have that, it could be a Ben Samuels. They're buried deep in the text, and I have no idea if they're seeing them or not. So now I'm at the point where it's like, okay, you know, one or two more messages, and I'm going to leave them alone. Because they're reading them and they're not responding. And so it kind of gives me the clue that I need to back off. Whereas I have someone else that I've working with, that I met with, had a good meeting with. They don't have them on. And so I'm like, are they actually getting to read my message? Because it could be, they're getting, this person's getting hundreds of messages a day. Maybe they're not getting to read to Maybe they're not getting to read them. So should I keep going? I, you know, it kind of helps me determine my signals as well. So, I, so it's fascinating, or it's really interesting you say that. Because I, I think that that, to my mind, hearing you say that, that reinforces my point so much more strongly. And I'll tell you why. So we live in a world now where basically anybody, look, if you uh, if somebody calls me between the hours of 5 a.m. and 8 p.m., 360 days a year, the chances are I have my phone on me and I'm looking at it. I and I am either going to answer it or, or not. Right? Would you agree that generally, I mean, the phone is on your person most yeah. of the time. And yeah. so, like, yeah, there's missed calls. There's times where you can't get to a call. There's times where you're like, whatever. There's times where you can't get to one. But there's also times where you're actually like, I don't know about you, and maybe I'm outing myself here. But I will look at the phone ring. It's not a call that I want to take at the time, or you know, I, I don't want to have that conversation, so I won't answer it. And so that's a choice. But the person knows whether I send them to voicemail or not. They probably know that I'm aware of the fact that they called, right? Um, with with text messages, you know, it's it's and emails. I, the point I'm trying to make here is we live in a world where, ostensibly, any time that someone wants to reach someone else, they know that other person is is reachable. Now they may not be available, but they're reachable. And so they're you know so if you if by having the read receipts on that sort of is another check in the you know impetus to respond because the other person is aware that I've read it. I don't subscribe to the theory that that I'm that I'm on someone else's time schedule. You know, just because someone else 
send me a text message with a question that they want answered doesn't mean that I need to take time out of my day at that point right then to respond. If I want to respond three days later, so like if it's something incredibly important and it's someone that I care about and, and like whatever, yeah, I'm going to answer it. But if it's not necessarily very time sensitive and I want to respond three days from now because I, I have some things going on and that's when I want to respond, I don't think that I don't want to think of that as being rude or inappropriate. It's none of those things. It's simply, it's, you know, my time is valuable to me first. And if I don't think it's time urgent or if it's not time urgent, then just because you reached out, I don't necessarily believe that that means that I have to respond in kind. And I think that's sort of what I'm coming, where I'm coming at this point. Yeah. I think we just disagree. I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying and I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, I just disagree. I think you should have them on. I think it puts the I, I think you are right. It puts the pressure on you. And I think more people need that pressure on them. Perhaps you don't because you you might can manage your business well. Most people can't. And so um that would be my comment. Look, in any issue, one person's gonna be right and one person's gonna be wrong. So we can move on. Um what about for email? I do not send them for email. Send what for email? I, I I do my best to block read receipts for emails. So like if someone, so if you send me an email and said, will you send a read receipt? I have it set to say, no, I won't. So I do as well. Um, only <laughs> from the privacy perspective, I, I just don't, I don't want that, but I do have, there are times where I will have read receipt on when I'm sending something. Um, so that, so, because there are times where it's, I think it is important for an email. So like if an email has an attachment or some or something time sensitive, and they haven't opened it. I, you know, I, I want to know that. Um, well, why wouldn't they? Or I want to know because because you're and we've talked about this. I don't think I don't know if we talked about it on air. I'm sure we have at some point. But but the the I'm a firm believer that the text message communication of what you're communicating and like sort of the subject matter of of what you're communicating is substantively different on text and email. So, like, if you're if I'm sending you a deal, like a, a spec sheet on a deal and some terms about you know the financing or whatever, and I'm and I'm sending you context and nuance, that's an email. It could be a, it could be a text message, but that's an email. If I'm sending you, you know, hey, you know, I, um, you know, hey, what's the market cost for X Y Z in this uh, you know this area? That that can be a text message because that's less nuanced, less detailed. But I think that there's a definite bifurcation there, and it and it frustrates the hell, heck out of me because I seem to be in the minority there because there there doesn't seem to be sort of that continuity of like I can't tell you how often I will get like very long nuanced con contextual text messages with like ten pictures attached, and the ten the ten pictures is a ten page contract that they took the pictures of each page. And like the like, that's an example of a text message. That if I get those, unless like you know, Ryan, if you if you were to send me that text message, I'd probably read it and yell at you. Uh, but I'd probably read it. Um, but it's but like that's an example of a text message that I'm probably not going to open. Or if I open it, I'm not going to respond to it. But if you email me, it's different. And so I think that I think that there's a definite difference there. Well, do you agree with no? Sort okay, of the yeah, there is a certain length to the email. I mean, to the text that makes it more email appropriate. I think we all agree with that. Um, and so I try to keep my text messages you know, on the shorter side, um, more slang involved. 
denoting that it is a little bit more of a um, informal conversation. But because someone has my cell phone number, that should indicate that I'm more receptive to talking to them a little quicker than if they email me. Because if you email me, I might not ever respond. You know, but if you text message me, I'm going to, you know, you have my cell phone number, which in theory means that there's more than just you've got my email off of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. For those that uh, that are not in contact with uh, with Ryan, you can go to RyanRayLovesBurgerKing.com and you will find his contact information there on the website. RyanRayLovesBurgerKing.com. We'll, we'll make sure to put that in the show notes that don't exist because this... Oh wait, no. This is a podcast. We'll put that in the show. Those in the show. This is the only thing that you do that is a podcast. Just so we're clear. (laughs) This is it right here. Yeah, that's not called for. That's that was (laughs) okay. We've got about ten minutes left. Ben, there's a lot of talk right now about what's going on in the world. The big resignation, they call it, or I don't know, the the massive resignation, the great resignation, whatever it is. The question is: Is it the time? Is now the time to start? your business is this the moment i'm not sure i would say yes on some regards in some regards i would say absolutely i'm not sure i have mixed i, I hate these definitive answers that you get in articles but what are, what are your thoughts look i mean if you're asking me just you know the macro question of is it the right time to start a business i'd have some other questions about like what market or what sort of business um if i'm having to a- answer just that macro question I, Ryan, I would be hard-pressed to give you any other answer other than this may be the best time, certainly in our lifetimes, but maybe in the past century that we've had to start a business. The liquidity markets are just gushing with cash flow. The The deal flow is rampant. The, I mean, like the, all the signals are, are pointing the right direction. Um that obviously is in counterbalance with like reality and fundamentals and, you know, where the market is going. Right. Uh, but in terms of access to capital right now, in terms of investor appetite to put dollars to work, in terms of interest rates and bankability and the retail environment, I, it's it's certainly the best I've ever seen. Um, you know, and so if you, if you want to start a business, yeah, I think this might be, like I said, this might be some of the best time and I guess the other piece, the other side of that is that that may not be lasting for too much longer. So if you want to start one, you better get to it. But you don't agree? You, you, uh, well, you've got some as someone thoughts? who just launched a business like two weeks ago <laughs> and has launched two this year, it would be a little bit hypocritical for me to say, no, it's a terrible time, right? I, 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 I can't say that. Should have launched three, but that's a story for another day. Um, wow. Wow. Oh, okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too soon? Too soon? Um, no, no, just right on time. Just, just no, it was good. That was good. Thank you. launched three, but whatever. Anyways, um, the thesis with all of those businesses is sprint, like sprint and sprint hard. And I'm actually got a new thing that I haven't talked about on this podcast that I will announce hopefully in a few weeks that I'm getting ready to do. All of this is sprinting. This is very much a a sprint mentality, and I have a thesis and a plan. That if I can sprint, I can get past this next oh three to six months, then I think things will be really kind of turned in the right direction. To your point, how much longer do we have until the bubble burst? I don't know. Um, 
So it's a sprint mentality, right? It's not, hey, I'm going to start a business and it's a slow growth. So if you have something that you can sprint in, and when I say sprint is you're going to secure enough clients that you are in a good position that if the bubble if the bubble bursts in May of next year, you're okay. If you don't think you can do that, if you're if yours is a you know you think you get two years to really get going, I'd be concerned about that. That's kind of the that's kind of the balance I'm looking at, right? If you got if you if you got a three to six months window, you can sprint and really get something going. Yes. Uh, caveat to that would be you know I, I think that that would be running counterbalance with you know your cost of capital or or run uh, run room. Uh, you know if you're if you're able to sort of set roots and set up, you know, set up the infrastructure and sort of get the engine running in the next 18 months, you may be able to, to run the business. I mean, you, you know, business is still going to run after the other shoe drops. Right. And so if you've sort of extricated yourself from the potential downside of loan terms or default, et cetera, mm, and, yeah. you're, and you're on the other side that, um, you know, by that time, then, then you, you know, you should be good. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is by midterms next year at the latest, Okay, but yeah. midterms next year at the latest. You need midterms to have next, midterms next year. I mean, that's not even what that fourteen months. Yeah. So by yeah, so fourteen months. Let's say at the latest, you need to have a solid client base, cash flow positive, and heading in the right direction. Right. Um, because you know, if I'm just in a political commentary per se, but this is the political environment we're in. If the Republicans take control of the House um, and and kind of gain some seats in the Senate then you can expect the next two years nothing to come out of Congress, whatever you think about that. If the Democrats hold and gain seats in the Senate, well, that's going to have an impact, right? And so, um, but it's going to be a tumultuous time in the country regardless when we go to midterms next year. There's a lot at stake. Uh, and so I think that would be kind of the concern is that you might see some of this money on the, on the table kind of start to rein itself in as the midterms draw nearer, especially when poll predictions come out um, and whatever comes along with you know who they think will win where. So I would watch that. Of course, we have the big infrastructure bills coming out. So, you know, that's we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, so I'd say three to six months, you've got to be up and going by midterms next year. You got to be confident you can be in a good spot. Um, if you don't think you can, then I would be really concerned. Now, there's a lot of businesses you can start in within, you know, 12 to 14 months be up and going. But if you're going to start a bakery, you know, I, I've never started a bakery, but I would assume that you need a couple, you know, maybe the first year you're kind of just tread water by year two or three, you're kind of, Turn around. I don't know if I want something like that that I feel like would take a little bit longer lead time. That would be the distinction, people, right? It's interesting. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, and this this is tangentially related, although not exactly what we, what we've been talking about. But I'm curious what your thoughts are. Um, I don't think that there's been nearly enough sort of public discourse or attention paid to the severity of the you know the, the wheat and another crop shortage that that we're walking into and the requisite price increase that we're likely to see across a number of grain indexes but also i mean you know the the, the fallout from that gets into all your meat products all your dairy I, you know it it, it ostensibly i mean it really touches every part of the market and i don't think that people are really talking about it enough and with with what you know, what you've seen in you know in the renewables market and sort of the restriction to some of these more reliable power uh, generation sources that, that are util, you know that are used for crop infrastructure and and, uh, and agriculture, I'm getting more and more concerned that we may see food prices, among other things, but food prices just absolutely skyrocket. And I don't mean you know five percent. Eight percent. I mean, I'm talking 20, 30, 40 percent increase in, in food prices. 
Do you agree with that thesis at a macro level? If so, what are your thoughts? I'm always concerned to take the doomsday method. I'm not, I'm not saying that's what you're doing, but you know, 23% is for most average Americans a, a doomsday scenario, more or less. 20% in, uh, increase in food costs is, um, you know, a true doomsday would be like no food. <laughs> but for the, you know, you're talking about because if you if you think about 20 to 30% increase in food, then you know it's likely that gasoline is higher and all this other stuff. So, um, I know the ranchers that I work with are concerned about that. Um. Now, ranchers, maybe they have a, you know, they're kind of in the farm ag business and they're kind of more susceptible to, um, you know, severe weather and droughts and famines and uh, monsoons and all this stuff. And so maybe they're a little bit more um, prone to be cautious and, and think that in those terms because they've, they, they kind of deal directly with the environment uh, and how it impacts their, their business. So I, I don't know. I know Mark Rosano obviously is concerned about that stuff. He's the wizard. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, it would it would be interesting because it if you're talking about a twenty to thirty percent increase, you're potentially talking about food shortages as well, and that would be the big problem, right? So oh, the increase no, is I, one I, thing. But if you're talking about at that level, you're talking about shortages because there's just not enough. Oh, I'm absolutely talking about shortages. And um, look, I mean, if you look at if you look at yields over the last couple of years, and you look at projections. Given on um, given the so so you have a couple of things happening. Number one, you have areas of the of the world that have been incredibly prolific in growing crops that are now unable to because they don't have enough water. So you see, so you're losing land mass in order to have crops, and then you're also you uh, you know you're 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 you know, we're actively already seeing less yield or less production per acre, less yield growth, I guess. Um, and, and so, I mean, we're, we're already seeing some of that. And if you, if you play that out with, you know, the population increase and everything else that we're, we're kind of dealing with, yeah, it, it paints a pretty dystopian picture. Um, but unfortunately, I don't, like, I don't say that as like, oh, it's going to be bad if that happens, like that, that might be, that might be worrisome. I think we're, I think to a degree, we are in a much more dire position in terms of food scarcity than we are, and to my mind, potentially will be with climate. Obviously, I know they're very related. Food, you know, food, uh, food and yield and all that is, is related to climate, and so there's definitely a, a conversation there as well. But but I'm, I don't, yeah, no, I, I think that there's, I think there's a very strong chance that that first world countries in the next decade may have a challenge feeding all their people to, you know, to the level that they are accustomed to. Yeah. So that's where to me, it gets tough to, to buy into it. Right. Because uh, the best cure for high prices is high prices. And so, um, people will begin to rethink how they look at crops, what they eat, where they're getting their food from. Um, you know, uh, there will be a mass, there will people be people who consider, um, doing things differently. Um, you know, figure out how to water those crops, uh, whether that's desalinization or, or whatever it might be. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, talk about a decade out. I, I think that's kind of where it's, it's tough. Um, could you see high prices, potentially some, some shorts here and there? And we saw it during COVID. So it's not like we can't say we didn't see it. We've seen it in our lifetime. Um, it was just a little bit unique, which you're talking about is more of a, a long drawn out thing. I don't know. There's, there's already things happening in the beef world to offset what's happening from COVID. Right. And COVID just kind of magnified what happened, what's been happening in the beef industry for some time. And so 
some of those things are already in motion. And so it's hard to say, well, how will those impact what's going to happen down the road? If, if somebody like myself were a good uh, red uh, blood beef loving American, and they didn't want to go to like HEB or whatever store you people have in Granbury. I don't know what shack you guys put up on the weekends. Who are you calling you people? Um, you Granbury folk. You, wow. You people. Wow. Um, what? I meant that endearingly. Is um, it about to get worse, but continue. I'm a, I'm a, I, was, I, was trying, I was trying to give you a layout. No, do you, not, do you want me to? What I'm going to say is Do you want me to give you the promo or not? I mean, yeah, I'm give trying me the promo. Here. I'm, trying, I'm trying. I'm trying. So, so if, if, if one were, were looking for beef or maybe even, maybe even pork and they didn't want to like give their money to the big box stores, do they have other options? Where, where, where might one go? One, I love H-E-B. I love H-E-B. So, but if you didn't want to buy from Kroger or something like that, then perhaps you might want to call me up. However, you got to be in Granbury because that's all I'm selling to right now. I'm not even leaving my hometown. So it's kind of an elitist thing, yeah. Unless you li- unless you live 250 miles away and you're some special person that I haven't actually been identified, I haven't identified. But but there's there, there's exceptions to the rules, guys. Exceptions <laughs> to the rules. Do you want to buy some beef so I can bring it out to you? I've got one half left. Is it still moving? Not well as of right now. Yes, that's by law. It has to be, but it won't be when I bring it to you. What if I wanted it to still be moving when you brought it to me? Um, you're gonna pay more, a lot more. If I've got to load, if I got to go buy a trailer, load the cow up, put him in, you know, it's gonna cost you a lot more. So, do you want a quarter or a half? You just tell me right now. I'll bring it to you. So, if someone's listening to this, wants a quarter or a half, go ahead and uh, call call Ryan. Um, I don't know why you're trying ben, to give me you, the hard sell. Do you, do you want a quarter or a half? Because I can bring uh, you that far out there. I'd be happy to. I'd be honored to. It'd make well, it's, it's 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 convenient that you're coming out here already, so that's good. Um, by the way, Ryan Ray is coming to Midland, Texas, sometime the next like three weeks to a year. Um, <laughs> I'd be more excited to come if Ben would buy some beef, but whatever. So, Ben, where can people find you since you won't buy beef at Chick Fil A? Just destroying you. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you, I tell you, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Everybody, go ahead. Where can people, where can people find you? Where can people find you? Go ahead. LinkedIn, uh, Ben Samuels, Twitter and Instagram underscore Ben Samuels, podcasts and whatnot on YouTube. You also find me on on the War Room Media page as a guest host for a lot of these different shows for some for some reason. Um, I don't know why he's he seems like he's on mute. I don't know. But, I'm not on mute. I was just thinking about podcast um yeah so i have oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry excuse me live you can catch me on live streams that are soon to be podcasts if ryan would uh i don't know be a better friend <laughs> yeah, let's go with that why not let's go with that sure okay um on twitter instagram not twitter instagram twitter linkedin radry senior radry sr um also five y.biz five y.biz is the newsletter course if you're listening to this you should know that um but if you found it somewhere else 5y.biz is where you can find this quality quality program and if you're in granbury hood county holla at your boy i'll say some beef i would deliver to dfw area uh, i would but we're selling most of it in granbury so it makes it hard for me when, when i get out and about 
Um, even Ben won't buy from me. Oh, by the way, property management business has launched. High voltage property. Excited. We're taking business now. Got our first contract getting ready to go out. Holler at your boy. A lot of stuff coming up. Ben, it's good to be back. If you beat me in Chick-fil-A, we can do Hall Finchers. <laughs>